Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. Let's give God one more round of applause. We're starting a, a new series right now, and I'm so glad for all of the worship that took place because I think that there's a amount of anxiety that has just plagued our society for so long. Um, people are riddled, riddled with fear and worry. In fact, the statistics say that worry is on the rise, but only one in 10 things you worry about even happen, and they don't happen at the rate and in a way you think that they would happen, but we spend so much of our mental energy in worry and I don't want you to think that that there are not significant things or patterns of the world or sin patterns that can go wrong in our lives that cause us to have concern um, but this type of worry that I'm talking about is debilitating you can't really function on it um, uh, this particular millennial ge generation is coming to a realization that it didn't have what the previous generations had to amass resources at the rate that they did, whether that was a mentality or access or jobs that gave a pension. So now you have uh, the boomers and the busters or, the, or Generation X holding a, a, a level of the wet wealth at about 53% and you have the generation that is to precede us, to lead us you know, hovering somewhere around 4.5% without the knowledge of even how to get more. And the insecurity that it's creating is what the generation before had, the generation that is coming up cannot maintain or attain to. If you did not know it, your, your, your children are going to have a difficult time, an extremely difficult time living in the same place that you yourself live right now. It, you know, it, it, it's difficult. And because people aren't staying in their homes 30 years and then paying them off and they transfer generational wealth, we're transferring the debt and the debt load and it'll cost them more to live in the life that they grew up in than it, that it'll take you. That could cause somebody to have worry and anxiety and stress. When surveyed, people were asked, what would it take to eliminate their anxiety financially? And here's how some of the statistics go. The people who made between forty-eight dollars and $50,000 a year said, if I had a $100,000 a year, I'd be all right. Anybody want to say hallelujah for a hundred? Y'all want a hundred? You know, it's college students over here. A hundred, a hundred, coming your way. You know, just, you know, yeah, y'all just, uh, somebody, I'm going to raise my hand on that. So a hundred, $100,000 would, would solve it. But people who have $100,000, they didn't really solve their problem. <laughs> they thinking, well, no. You know. and they, their statement is if I had 200000 if I had $200,000, that would solve it all. So we see that this um, economic stress or anxiety or worry that's created is beyond generations. It's just where it, where it is because you, you have more, you live higher. The anxiety just follows you at a different rate or a different level. I believe that Jesus spoke about this and how we can deal with it and find a higher place of peace, prosperity, and, and direction 
Jesus has a lot to say about money and possessions. He spoke more about money and possessions than he did about any other topic. But yet somehow we shy away from the principles that he actually espouses in this particular area. And I'm going to go hit it today. One particular uh, thing he espouses in Matthew 6, which we're going to spend our time on, is he said, I want you to spend time storing up treasure in heaven and I want you to spend less time storing up treasure on earth. Storing up treasure on earth is not bad as if you have a purpose, principle-driven uh, mentality for your resources and a why behind your what. Storing up things for heaven has us using our life, time, talent, and treasure as a resource yes. for God, his purposes, and his kingdom. But it's kind of hard to care about what God wants and to care about what you and I want at the same time. You're going to have to make a quality decision. We're going to look at um, uh, Matthew 6 really quickly. I think we'll start at the 25th verse. We'll read, I think, the 25 all the way to uh, 31, I believe. And we'll, let's read it together. Read it uh, with power, clarity, diction, and, and comprehension. Try to comprehend it as your time you read it. Don't just meet, read it in a mindless way. Ready? Read. The Bible in this particular text encourages us not to worry. In fact, it says it as an imperative. Don't worry. I'm commanding you, don't worry. But you and I know that when we think about the whole of our life and society and everything that's going on, there's a lot to worry about, at least in our psychology as we look at it today. He's saying don't worry. So what is he saying don't worry or be anxious about? When we're looking at this particular word and we break it down, worry means to be drawn in opposite direction, to be divided into parts, to go to pieces because you're pulled apart in different directions. That means that God has an idea about your life. Let me say that. Let me rephrase that. God has a plan for your life, a purpose for your life, and a promise over your life, and a provision for your life. That's the whole of your life. But you and I can receive information about a part of our life that gives us anxiety and worry and pulls us apart from that promise of God. And so instead of having stability in the promises of God, we have a bunch of worry worry and anxiety and it's pulling us further and further away pulling us into pieces because we're insecure about what the future holds because we don't know he holds our future 
And so what he has to do is to get you to think like he thinks. And the way he does that, he said, I want you to take a micro so that you can see the macro. Look at the little birdie. Look at the little birdie. The little birdie wakes up and somebody lays out a little birdie branches for him. Somebody's just like somebody just littered the perfect branch for him to do. I know the God, you know, I want to go, I would say focus. I was about to talk about the squirrels, you know. Because I think God take care of squirrels too, but I just don't want them to use my house to do it. Because I have some squirrels living in my house. And I, I, I'm telling you, the squirrels feel like they own my house just like I own it. And when we were going to expel those squirrels, the, the man who eventually trapped them, he wanted us to treat them with dignity. You know, they, this has been, he says stuff like, this has been their home for a long time. And this is the, this is the place of provision that God has given them. I said, wow. People are taking this scripture and animals way too far. But that bird does not get up and say, I wonder where the worms are. He knows the worms are going to be there. He knows that if he flies just a little while longer, it's going to be there. And the scripture is telling you that the person who cares about the little birdie is God. And if he cares about the birdie, the question is, does not he care for you? Now, this is the problem we're we're, we're having is we think he doesn't really care because we have anxiety and we're torn away from his problem, uh, from, our, uh, from his promises and all the love he has for us because the problem seems bigger than his love and value of us. But let me tell you how valuable you are, how valuable I am. The Bible says, though he was rich in heaven, he became poor that through his poverty, we meet, might become rich. The richest you can be is that you're saved by grace through faith. It's a gift of God, not a works that you should boast. You have an eternal inheritance with him. And then he gives you great and precious promises. He, said he gives you all things that pertain unto life and godliness. He supplies, he supplies seed for you to sow and bread for you to eat. He, he gives you everything that you need. But when, even though we know he values us like this and promises us like this, we still have insecurity because we forget that value. One of, uh, I was discipled by Debbie's brother, Ronald, who's gone on to be with the Lord. And um, when I was a poor college student, anybody got to, you know, I, I, I just had to confess when I was a college student, I was poor. You know how you know you're poor? When you go to the restaurant with the other people and everybody getting their order taken and you say, I have some water. You broke. You broke. And so, you know, I had ordered water just one too many times. And so Debbie's brother came to me and said, you know, you, you know, why you don't order nothing? I said, man, this is, you know, it's, it's, it's hard out here for a student. <laughs> hard out here for a student. And he said, listen, when you're with me, don't worry I've got you. Don't worry about anything. I've got you. And I, so, so the first time we went out after that, I ordered a salad. And he said, is that what you really wanted? I said, you know, it was the most inexpensive thing on the menu. He said, I'm going to help you reverse this. He said, when you're with me, you can order anything on the menu you want. I said, okay, I'm going to test this out. He said, what do you really want? I said, I want a rack of ribs. 
We was at Nicola's and that was a and, and, and he ordered the rack and then I got happy with it. I said, throw some shrimp on the side right there. <laughs> and I might want a doggy bag later with a half rack. Because they don't worry about anything. When you and me, I've got it. This is what God is saying in this text. Don't worry about your retirement. Don't worry about if you're really going to make it. If they're going to employ you at the rate that you want to be employed to live the life you want to live. Rarely does it happen for humans perfectly like they laid out. You're going to have to trust God. God for your life. If you have trust in your school, he might leave you in an insecure place. But when you have trust in him, the promise start catching up with you and you start feeling like I'm all right. Why is life telling you to worry? And he's saying to you as a command, don't have things that pull you apart from me. This is what's going on. Don't worry. I got you. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't worry about anything. He's got you. Look at somebody in the back and say, hey, 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 hey. I said, don't worry about anything. He's got you. Now look up to heaven and say, thank you. There you go. That's a church that believes the promises. Now go to verse, go to verse 31. Let's read 31 and 30. Uh, 233, and let's see how God's going to elevate it even higher. Ready, read. He identifies a people group that frequently affect the Christian group. He begins to speak about the Gentiles, the non-believers, the sinners, those who do not have a covenant with God, and we use them as a reference point for what's happening in our life because that's, we see what's happening in their life. You're not them. He said, I don't want you to worry like they worry because they've got something legitimate to worry about. They have no promise. They have no guarantee. They have nothing where God has said, uh, I, I won't let you fall. I will be your provider. I'll be your strength in the, weak, weak, uh, in the midst of weakness. They have no promise. He says, I find that my people are consistently falling into worry because they're looking at how the world lives and say, I'm going to live like them. I don't care what hour it is. He always on time. I don't care what circumstance it is. He's always. The Bible says all things, say all things, work together for good for them who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Do you love God? Then everything is going to work out. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Your boss didn't promise you the right thing. Didn't give you the right permit. Don't worry about it. 
Don't cause it to pull you away from the promises as if he didn't know who you were. And the Bible says all the days of your life was written in the book before you did one. Your life is not an accident. It's not a mistake. It's all on purpose. He knew your up. He knew your down. He knew your dark day. He knew your light day. And he had promises and provisions for everything you go through. A lot of anxiety in the, in the boomer and the buster round or the X generation because we prepare for retirement, but then societal expenses went up. If you live in Davidson County, 39% tax hike, that was rough. You know, the gas price is a real thing. I like a big car until the gas prices go up. Then you start thinking, we, maybe we need to go electric, maybe. <laughs> because your plan can be derailed. And I know it's just this new wave of things going on where, where people talking about, you know, Christians don't retire. That's not in the Bible I read. Amen. We don't stop preaching the gospel. Right, right, right. But, I, we, you know, y'all a lot of work. I plan on retiring one day. I'll tell you right now. I plan on sitting there and being a member one day like, yeah, praise God, I preach it. I'm going home now. You ask say that. I mean, it might be Pastor Bryce. Y'all bring that to Pastor Bryson. He got you. He got your back right now. He got you. He'll, he'll take care of you. I want, I, want to, I want to be able to retire. But you know, if you look out there, you just can't see a day. And I hear it when people talk about retirement. It's how, how small can I live so I can have peace? But his promise of peace is not based on your resources. You know, I always wanted to travel and go all over the world. But you know, the first time I started traveling around the world, I went free. And then somebody paid for me to go first class one time. So glad you're a recording artist and they like to pay for first class. God bless free. Marry the right person and you can have a lot of stuff. You got to watch who you marry. I married a star. People like her all over the world. And then they like me. Be calling me James Winans. I said, yes, yes, I can cast a check in the name of James Winans. I will be a whining. Ain't no, what did they say, Pastor? Ain't no need to worry. He said, don't worry about them. Trust in him. Why are you trusting? He said, "Ye a little faith. Why? Because you forgot that the word promises you something. And the scripture says his word does not go out and return void, but it accomplishes that where it is sent and it prospers wherever it goes. You want to be in an environment where the word constantly goes out. It reminds you of what God has already done so you don't get in anxiety and you don't get in stress. So don't worry about them. Just keep trusting in him. He says the amplified version of that, uh, Pastor Bryson says, you know how to say that? You know how to, what the amplified of? And that's why I'm going to give it to you, brother. Uh, <laughs> Therefore, do not be anxious. No, no, no. No, it says, uh, he said, uh, no, it says, uh, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything else be added. Amplified says, seek ye first the kingdom, which is God's way 
of doing things and being right in the earth. Seek his process. Well, what is his process? His process is a seed sowing process. It's a reciprocity process. If you hold everything, you'll only have what you have held. But if you give, it will come back to you pressed down, shaking together, running over. He'll cause men to give unto your book. Now, wait, 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 wait. But here you got to see. Let's look at the first time that we see active giving in the act of worship in the Bible. And it was with Cain and Abel. And he says it's to Cain. He said Cain gave something to the Lord. And the Bible says Abel gave a gift based on faith. Cain's offering was based on what he wanted to give. Let me just throw something in today. Throw something in the bucket. I need to toss something here, toss something there. But Abel was a steward. Abel said, what, what is an act of worship when I give to you? Well, he understands the principle. He must be given to first and the best you have. Every first thing in your life belongs to God. It's his. Every firstborn child that's got just gone, dedicate them now. They're his. It's a principle. All the best things in my life are his. That's why you just take it off the top. Just take it off the top. When I'm giving my tithe, I don't even want it to be like, you know, I pay all my bills and say, oh, I got my tithe left over. No, I want to count that out first. The government, or some say the government, is taking their stuff off the top. But they're not my God, and their systems fail. But my God said, don't worry, because he doesn't fail. So they're going to take from me, but I'm going to return to him that which is his. And, and, and then you, you, you have it where uh, Abraham gave a tenth to Melchizedek, which was uh, a, a theophany uh, or, or, or God. Or, and then you have Jacob uh, setting up Bethel, which means house of God. And he said, I'm going to come back to this place and give a tenth. And even before the law came, this law, this, this principle of giving to God first showed up. Giving to him our best showed up as an act of worship. Not a duty. It's not a command. It's not extortion. That's why I don't mind talking about money in church because you don't have to do nothing. But it can show you the principles of how to store up treasure in heaven versus storing up in earth. Now, he's a king. You can't have a kingdom without a king, but he doesn't want to dominate you. I don't understand this king. Because y'all know if we were king and queen, what we would do. Oh, you're going to pay me my taxes. Don't be late. Late fee. That's it. He's not like us. I told y'all this before, but it's just bare saying again. You know, I just went through a season when I first started tithing as a young man after I went through my confirmation and I had the envelope system. You turn in what you make as a little teenager. I turned in what I make in my little job. And then they send you envelopes about what the amount that you're supposed to put in there each week so then you're ready to give when it's time for Sunday and I had been doing that for a couple of months and my envelopes was on my little 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 desk and I got a little broken a little desperate and I just looked over at God's pot of money and said he got a lot (laughs) and I said he ain't gonna mind I think it was something as simple as where I grew up the ice cream man was coming through and I said I'm just gonna borrow from God give me a little ice cream I'll put it back 
And then I felt like the Lord said, but I don't think it was the Lord now, but I felt like the Lord said, that's all right. You can, you can borrow that. You can, you, can you can borrow that little money. That little money, you can borrow that from me. That's okay. And I started borrowing from him every week, every day. He ain't had nothing left. And then, then I said, you know, Lord, I, I got you. I got you spotted up. I'm going to get it back to you. And then I felt like the Lord said to me, I don't even want it back. You're all good. Because <laughs> the kind of king I serve is not trying to extort me. He don't need something from me. I need something from him. I need the grace from him. He said, don't worry about what you got on. I, I, I can't tell you, I, I, I must confess, I was a kid that was on free and reduced lunch. When you're on free and reduced lunch and lunchtime comes, you're looking around at what other people have, hoping they throw you one of their apples so you can save it for after school. That's, it's, 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 it, you know, it's real. When, you, when, I, when I went to school, I had hardworking parents, but, but sometimes... It just wasn't enough. I went, you know, I, you, maybe you've never been where you wear the same outfit every week to school. Then my teacher, one day, she showed up. She had, she, y'all don't know about Myers 50 Acres, but for the Midwest, we, we have Myers. It's our target. She had a Myers bag, and she said, you going in there? We got you some clothes. She, I had like five new outfits. I was like, I never had to worry about it. I didn't ask her. I, I didn't ask her. You know, a teacher's salary. She invested in me. And you know, I think it was more than a clothes. I think something happened when you feel good about yourself. I learned different. I was proud. I want people to see my clothes. I walk different because I was valued. He values you. And the value is proven by the fact that he consistently gives you a word and promises that I'm going to take care of you. So let's end this with how you should live. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow has enough anxiety for itself. Sufficient for the day is, is its own trouble. In other words, start living like this now. Don't worry. Live now. Far too often worry robs us of life. The life that's in front of us. We're Jesus. We're focused on the past. We're focused on, on what we don't have. We're focused on what's going wrong. We're focused on our, our, our genealogy or our history of health with our family. And we're just, we have anxiety about what's going to happen. And it's pulling us apart of, from the promises. Don't do that. Live now. Forget those things which are behind. Reach for those things which are ahead. You got, you got a great present, then you'll have a great future. But if you, stop, you keep ignoring the present, you're just going to sabotage the future. Stop doing that. You've got promises. This world, you can stand your feet because I'm at the end. Ministry team, you can come down. I'm going to leave you with a scripture that helps you capture all of Matthew 6. There was a moment in Matthew 6 where he taught them the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer, one it says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. The other uh, part of verse says, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. It wasn't give me my bread, give us our bread. That means when I receive resources from God, they are not mine to just spend at will. 
100% of what I have is to be directed by the Holy Spirit. Where do you want this to go and for what purpose? And this scripture in Luke puts the cap on our whole message today. Luke 16.10. Read. Ready? Read. He says, if you're not faithful, who will give you true riches? You know what true riches are? People. Well, you must have been in the last message. You're good. People is true riches. That's true. People. Nothing's more important than an image bearer. People. When we give resources, there's no other institution on the planet that's been designed to serve people and give them the good news for this. There's nothing like the church. The church has built our education system, uh, why we do weddings, why we do funerals, you, you know, uh, hospitals. The church has led the way. The church has led the way. Because whenever the church understands what money is and stewardship, they, don't, they lose fear, they lose anxiety. Don't fear to give to God, but don't think that God is demanding something from you. Isn't that funny? I told you, don't be afraid to work his principles, but he's not standing over you saying you better do it. I just need to work it. Pastor Philip, come on and dismiss us. I love y'all. I think that the world would be a better place and people would have less pain and anxiety about the future if we just trust him and stop looking at them. Amen. Very good. Can we praise the Lord for his word? Thank you, Pastor James. Very good. Pastor James is going to be over here to my left, to your right, where it says Guest Central. If you're here for the first time or second time, or if you've brought somebody new and you just want to meet Pastor James, he'll be over there. Whatever prayer requests, whatever needs you might have, whether that's health, whether that's financial needs, worries, even if you want to know Jesus, these people here in front have been trained just to help you to take that next step, to put your hand in the hand of the Master, in the hands of Jesus. Let me pray and we'll send us out. Lord, I thank you so much for your word. Thank you that we can live by your principles. We can live by a higher way. We can seek first your kingdom, your righteousness, and all these other things, food, clothing, shelter, all these other things will be added to us. Help us, Lord Jesus, to seek you first, even to put our faith, our trust, even to pressure the promises, knowing that you're a good God. Send us out from this place with your power and your, your wisdom, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and keep you and give you his peace. We are dismissed. <laughs>